Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Michael Jackson's Thriller Album. Stories in the Room. This is Michael Jackson's Thriller Album. Stories in the Room. Join film composer Anthony Marinelli who programmed synthesizers for seven songs on Thriller. And A&R veteran film producer Stephen Ray, who assisted Quincy Jones and was in the studio every day with Quincy and Michael. Michael Jackson's Stories in the Room. I'm Anthony Marinelli with my longtime close friend and co-host Stephen Ray, bringing you the real stories directly from the talented people in the room with us during the making of Thriller, the greatest selling album of all time. Let's welcome and share stories with loved recording and mix engineer Matt Forger. His vast resume is highlighted by a long, important relationship with legendary engineer Bruce Swedeen and iconic producer Quincy Jones. His wide-ranging album work with Michael began on Thriller and continued through everything else involving Michael. In this segment, Matt tells us why some songs have emotional ingredients that make them more special than others, and how Michael and Quincy tapped into this pathway when making Thriller. Matt's profound technical expertise created a perfect atmosphere for success. Uh, when I was very young, I, uh, when I was between 10 and 12, I started listening to the radio, and I, I really got into music, and I realized that thing about you know, when you listen on the radio, uh, you're not choosing the playlist. It's it's just coming at you. So after about four or five songs that go by, there'd be that one song that'd come by, and you'd go like, "Oh wow, this song's really good." It's the one you know everybody'd always want to join in and sing the hook, or you know, the one you want to move your body to or groove to. The one that when it would get played, you know, the dance floor would get crowded. There's always that one song that really ignites people. People really relate to. They really feel. I always wanted to know, my whole life was figuring out what is it that gives that song that quality that those other songs don't have. They may be good, but there's that one song that just is head and shoulders above, it just shines. And I was in the place and I looked around and I said, okay, if I'm in the room with these people and I cannot, I cannot understand this thing that I've been searching for, because I mixed live for 10 years prior to you know, getting in, into a recording studio, and that was my, my training, that, that was my education. And uh, I said, I, I'm never going to be in a place where I can learn it, because this isn't the stuff they teach you in school. This is so beyond uh, you know, taking a class at, at, at a university. Uh, and that was the moment I said, if through another process just then I have osmosis. I just have to absorb everything that's happening in this environment. Even if I'm not understanding all of it, because a lot of it's above my head. I didn't study music at a high level. I didn't study music theory. Um, I did get involved. I could play guitar, but I'm not a musician. But this was the place where that thing that I understood, being a live mixer, because the same thing would happen when I would mix live. There'd always be that song that the band would play, and 
oh man, everybody in the, in the club would want to either be on the dance floor or they'd all be like in, into that, that music. What is it about that song that the other songs don't have? And that was my quest. That, that has basically been my quest for the largest part of my life was understanding these things. And that was the thing that I was able to see and observe and watch the process uh, unfold in the making of great recordings. And I never, uh, in my wildest dreams, because I thought, well, I missed the Beatles, so I'm never gonna, you know. They, they, growing up, the Beatles were, were, you didn't get any bigger than them. Well, are you making any headway in terms of figuring out I, what I, it is? Well, that, that's just the point. I, I, I did. I did learn what it is. Because we wanted to ask you, because that was on Thriller. The, that was The Girl Is Mine. You're that was the about. tracking day, so, first so day of recording? One Thriller? of the questions that Stephen and I had talked about, um, wanting to ask you is, well, Thriller is now an album of those kind of songs, where there are many of them, yes. of like The Girl Is Mine. So what do you think stands out about Thriller that made it be why we're talking about it now and why multi-generations still like it and it's still relevant today? What, what have you discovered Coming in this up from quest? The, the technology side of it, because I, I was the person who was interfacing the technology with the, the, the creativity or the creative side, you know, being, being the, the person in control of being the recording engineer. Perfectly, too. So well. Well, you were... I, like I said, I had a lot of practice before I ever set foot in the studio. Uh, and I love doing it. I, ha I have to tell you, this is something that uh, I feel, you know, people ask you, uh, so when did you choose music? For me, the question was, no, music chose me because there isn't anything else I would rather do. And, and in college, uh, I was a fine arts student for six years. And it was like, okay, I got my fine arts degree. Uh, now, now I'm going into music. Uh, but the thing that I learned was I always ascribed there must be some type of technical thing. There must be something psychoacoustically, or there must be something that's happening that uh, these guys making these great hit records know when, when they're in the studio, they know these things, and I can learn these, these studio tricks. And the very ironic part about it is it's not a technical trick. It's an emotional trick. It's in the song. The song has to have the ingredients that you feel. Michael several times would use the phrase, it's not just that you hear it, you feel it. And I worked with Michael for so long on so many of his projects. Uh, you know, he, I would hear him say this to people several times. Uh, but, but it's true. There's something that is born in the creation, in the writing of the song. And as you know, sometimes these songs, sometimes, you know, you really have to work hard writing the song. And sometimes it's like the heavens open and the song just flows through you. Michael's talked about this numerous times, that it's, it's just, it's there. And um, you have to be prepared, which is why you practice, 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 practice. You do all the studying, 
you do everything. So it's, it's, it's like being in the World Series. And, you know, you're up at bat. And that 100-mile-an-hour object is flying at you. You have to instinctually know, this is the one I'm going to connect with. And that's the home run that wins the game. You know, it's, it's, it's got to be that automatic. It's got to be that natural. It's got to be that deep in your, in your, your uh, emotion, in your soul. I mean, Quincy uses the phrase that, you know, you got to leave enough space in the studio for God to walk through the room. It, it, that's his way of saying, there's this nature to music that is otherworldly. What we were saying earlier about recognizing the unexpected, because that's when yes. those things drop in on you. And if you're not thinking about it or, or like you haven't practiced recognizing it, it just, yeah. it'll happen and you miss, you'll you, miss the, it. The, 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 uh, uh, the moment won't flow naturally through you is, because that's what has to happen. That, that's what you're referring to. Thank yeah, you. it's just trusting that, you know, Quincy always talks about that first instinct uh, because he felt the first oh, yeah. instinct is from God. Absolutely. And if you listen to that and trust that, yeah. uh, that ultimately is what affects, like he would say, the central nervous system. Yes. If you move someone's central nervous system, which for him was moving his first, yes. and then you're in a room with people like you were, like we were, where everyone's central nervous system was, I like to say, was all aligned. <laughs> and on so many levels. Big feet, too. And that's a very, you, you can't plan that. No. You, you can't, that, that shows up. You don't, you don't plan that, but it's kind of like that thing when you are in a relationship. When the, the synchronicity of, of the, the individuals, uh, the, the people call it vibes. Right. What, are, what are vibes? They're vibrations. They're, they're waves. And there is so much, if you go into the study of uh, quantum physics about everything emanating from, from uh, a vibration, uh, vibrational waves uh, in matter, in the universe, in the cosmos, in everything, that it's, it's, it's logical to say, yeah, it's that, it's that thing that when everybody's in sync, when everybody's kind of like on the same page and everybody's feeling the same thing and those things come floating by, you go, yep, that's it. Well, your fingerprints all over Thriller in that way because not only did you record the tones, but I think you set the tone for, for that to happen because it created an atmosphere where things work smoothly. So there was really little, little else on people's mind. Creativity well, rules. One of the things, too, speaking to that is that when we, what I remember very clearly feeling, and Quincy would talk about this, is everyone, he felt so comfortable because we knew when we walked into the room, you had everything perfectly set up. The only thing that they needed to do was to sit down, they being Rod, Quincy, and Bruce. And then, you know, then Smelly, well, Michael, who we called Smelly, of course, would come. But the whole energy of the room, there was no worry about anything not working. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, you knew what song that we were going to start on, they were going to start on. You, you, it was all queued up. We knew what musician was coming in. We knew the, oh, the cartridge was already there. You had already mic'd up everything. It, it was 
So when you start every morning like that, especially when you're working 15, 16, 17 hour days and getting very little sleep, as I know you were, um, that's a very, having that level of comfort is extremely important, as you know, when you're creating, when you're in in creation mode. Because then all you have to think about is creation mode for them. And a musician shows up and gets to walk into that. Oh no, that's what, that's what I realized. That's what I realized. I, I I was aware of the fact that that's what I was bringing to it uh, because uh, of all of the training and all of the work. Um, I used to talk to other artists uh, when I was studying, when I was in college, and, and uh, we'd talk about creativity and just kind of the essence of of the creative thing because it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if you're doing a painting or a sculpture or you're you're writing a, a screenplay or a book or uh, you're writing a song or uh, a movie or uh, maybe you're crafting something with technology in the modern day uh, so much as uh, code writing uh, but there's that thing about what you're creating and you are imparting part of your energy, your your personality, your emotion, your everything about you shows up in that work. And that's what I had become aware of because of all the training I had had. So it was basically all the training I had had in my life brought me to that point. And I feel that was the exact same thing that was absolutely true of Quincy and Bruce and Rod, and most importantly, Michael. Join us for the next episode of Michael Jackson's Thriller album, Stories in the Room, with your hosts, Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Watch our extended interviews on youtube.com forward slash at stories in the room. Audio only interviews are available on all podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Stories in the Room. For the latest news and links, visit the website, storiesintheroom.com. This podcast is produced by Christian D. Brune and David Wolf, recorded by Autovita Studios. Additional recording by Ben Rackless. Edited by Jay Spang and Sean Hedinger. Music by Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Michael Jackson's Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.